The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Hello, and again, welcome back, all you clickers and clackers. As always, I'm Adam. And James. <laughs> and welcome to the HBO Boys recap. <laughs> And review of The Last of Us. I just like how you're just like, and James. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, this is Adam. I and know. I am Adam I and James. Changed you up. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> this week we'll be discussing I'm episode Ron five. <laughs> I am Ron Burgundy. <laughs> we'll be discussing episode five entitled Endure and Survive. This episode was back to that hour-plus runtime with a total of 65 minutes, packed with character development, long-awaited action, and a hard kick of emotions. Now, James, what was your initial feels on this episode? Uh, I guess I have mixed feelings about this episode, more so than I have about every episode that came before it. Okay. Da-na-na. But I will say uh, I want to wish a happy Palentine's Day Oh my pal, Adam. Oh, wow. Thank you so much. Same to you, my pal. That is, uh, that's very kind. Do you got big plans for the, the day, Adam? Um, I will be going to a restaurant. I have a reservation in New Haven with my lady friend. Oh, yeah. And, um, yeah, so we're going to go do that and have some food, have some chocolates, you know. Do, do that whole thing. That's cool, man. I have a Damn 7 p.m. doctor's appointment tomorrow. <laughs> oh, my God. So, so lovely. <laughs> Hopefully you get some good news. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm going to bring some chocolates to my uh, RN. Oh, you really got to lower your sugar, James. <laughs> That's funny. So you, you, you had mixed feelings for the first time, huh? Yeah, I thought this wasn't the strongest episode. There were some really strong parts of it that I liked a lot. Sure. But other parts kind of, I don't think, really landed the way that they wanted. And mm. I should say I was disappointed in particular with one of the characters and what happens to them, which is a spoiler. Okay. Yeah, we'll get to that in a little bit. But... I liked this episode, but I, I did have one small kind of like, I wish it was omitted kind of, I guess, moments in my head. You know, I enjoyed the expansion and changes to Sam and Henry story from the game. Mm. Specifically, the choice uh, made by Craig Mazin actually makes Sam deaf in this episode or, or in the series, excuse me, uh, as opposed to the game where he was not deaf. Uh, and I think that really added some weight to the events that went down. You know, for these characters, we know kind of a little about them when playing the game. But here, since it's expanding a bit beyond the source material, 
We got a fully hashed out mode of an explanation of their role in why exactly Kathy and her group are after him specifically Henry. But again, more on that later. Yeah, I liked their storyline a lot, and I think they really nailed it. And I'll be honest with you, it, I it has been a long time since I've played The Last of Us 1. Yeah. When it first came out, and then when the remaster first came out, but even that was a long time ago. Yeah. I didn't even remember that the character was not originally deaf. I didn't really like, say that uh, or anything. <laughs> And wow. until the making of the episode when they started talking about that like it was a big deal did I finally realize it. And so, yeah, uh, the change must have not had a negative impact on me because I thought that everything that dealt with their characters, not everything that dealt with their characters, but all the scenes between the two brothers were like sure. really effective. Oh, yeah. A- and I really love this version of Sam as someone who does remember the game. <laughs> His interactions with Ellie that mirror the game felt way more genuine, a lot more believable. You know, Ellie's still a kid. In this episode, we got to see some of that innocence come to light, and I really loved it. I should say, I've seen some of the, uh, uh, on Twitter, some of the worst people in the world complaining uh, that the show has been changed. They changed the things from the game, and the characters are woke now. And I just want to say, that's really dumb shit, and maybe you people don't have long memories, but when this fucking game first came out, the the game that, that it's based on was accused of being fucking woke uh, at the time. And, and so now you love it. Now you, in hindsight, you love it, but the show now is too woke. So now the third right. thing, something else is going to come out in 10 years and you're like, this is too woke, not like the show that I love. <laughs> I didn't think it was too woke. I thought it was great. No, I no, think no, no. that's that's dumb. <laughs> and they expand on the characters. They expand oh, yeah. on, on these characters who, uh, and admittedly, they had a much larger role in the game than did the two characters who got a whole episode, Bill and Frank. Sure. Sure, sure, sure. But, again, they were still expanded on, and they were made more interesting. They have more going on. Yeah, I think the weight of their um, demise was definitely heavier because we know more about them. Yeah, they have more characterization. Yes, more characterization, for sure. Also in this episode, we got more insight into Kathleen, her ruthless personality and her purpose in the story. I think Melanie Linsky did a really great job portraying this character. It ended up being kind of very evil. But at the end of the day, this was kind of my only gripe, too. I actually think the story would have been just fine without the addition of this, quote-unquote, humanization of the hunter group. And I say this because while it added an interesting dynamic with Henry's story, it really didn't end up adding anything to Joel and Ellie's life, aside from a cool action sequence that could have just easily been a group of raiders rather than a hashed-out story. Right, and I found the scenes involving the Resistance to be kind of boring. Yeah. And also, I found the Resistance backstory to be, like, somewhat, like, narratively strange, thematically, maybe, that, like, they're the Resistance that overthrew the evil Empire, but actually, (laughs) they're just as fucked up and evil. They're just as bad, yeah. Look, that sends a strange message, I think. In any case... Uh, History repeats we'll get itself, into it right? Specifically, but 
I thought that it would make a lot better of a story if we just spent more time on adventures with Sam and Ellie and the two brothers. And they wanted to kill them because Henry stole medicine from them for their, his brother. And that's it. Right. And that's it. And that's all we need to know. Not yeah. this, like, in, whole in, story. And it doesn't really work anyway. We'll get into it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, my thoughts of saying that this would have been fine without the hashing out of this hunter group. A lot of people could say the same thing about episode three, but this was more of an in-passing confrontation where the Bill and Frank episode, they were known aides in Joel and Tess's smuggling life and therefore had an effect on Joel's emotions when they all ended up being taken out of his life all at once, which we saw. So I think that hashing out of the characters that some other people thought was not worth the time, I think it it was worth more time than than what we got with these hunter raider guys what it was in both the situations with henry and sam and bill and frank what it was was it felt organic it was like an organic story that grew out of the other one and just explained this one piece of the journey what did you want instead double portions of joel and ellie skulking through the sewers like you wanted twice as much as that instead of you know something uh you haven't seen before i don't know i don't understand these complaints yeah yeah it's i guess i can see where they are coming from but on the same token i don't agree with them (laughs) Now, we got a number of parallels with the game in this episode and a big old helping of uh, action and violence that people have been waiting to see. Was it worth the wait? James, was it worth it to you? Yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. Although, I gotta say, like, a lot of my frustration stems from what happens in, like, just before that scene. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, But I thought that they rendered the monsters well, and I thought that the zombie extras did a good job being So good. Oh my gosh, they The they physicality did in this episode, the way they spin their torsos oh around. Oh my very God, disturbing. It's unbelievable. Yeah. And just like the flailing and it just it was so intense and there were so many people and it's all practical effects. There's very few CGI animations in the zombie horde. It's real people coming out of the ground and running. I thought that this uh this was worth it. It was so gratifying. If you played the game, you'll be able to pick out multiple things happening in that big crescendo that literally made me cheer out loud watching this there was just a lot of cool stuff that you could pick out of the background that was happening and i loved it we finish up this episode with a heartbreaking conclusion which hits i think even harder than the game did and i know james it's been a while since you played the game i did do a run through recently hbo and their showrunners have done an excellent job at making calculated changes where this familiar story feels new again even though we know what's going to happen yeah and they hit all the necessary beats they're just adding like like accoutrement. <laughs> accoutrement. Well, without spoiling anything, that's kind of our feels on the episode. There wasn't a heck of a lot more to talk about. It was a lot of getting to where we need to go to and some resolution of characters. So that is it for our spoiler-free review. Next up, we're going to dive a little bit deeper and spoil everything. So if you're ready for that, we'll see you on the other side of this ad. Welcome back. Spoiler time. Are you ready, James? Yeah, let's do it, baby. Uh, Snape kills Dumbledore again. Yeah, Snape kills Dumbledore. In the game. In the game, it happens again. Oh, yes. Yeah, right, right. In the 1800s. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. 
So in the first part of this episode, we see some pretty violent scenes of Kansas City's insurgency. By the way, congratulations to KC, Super Bowl champs yet again. Mahomi did it for me. I was going to say, uh, I thought that the city did really well. It won this Super Bowl. And, you know, I think in 30 years time when it's a hollowed out husk <laughs> fi- filled with zombies. <laughs> yeah. The people are going to take a lot of heart remembering this uh, very close victory. Yes, <laughs> It was very close. <laughs> anyway, members of the insurgency beat up the remaining Fedra survivors. We see hangings, bludgeoning, bodies being dragged around from the backs of trucks. It was really, really violent. Yeah. I mean, at this point, I, I'm still having a hard time now uh, empathizing with these bad guys. Yeah. I'm trying to pick out their redeemable qualities. Not, not much yet. We then see Kathleen questioning a group of prisoners in a very soft-spoken tone, almost like a, hey, I'm a third-grade teacher and you were my students kind of vibe, promising them a fair trial for information on Henry. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Regardless, one man speaks and spills some information, but afterward, Kathleen still orders Perry and some others to kill the whole group, which they sure as heck do. I did not have this sense in the last episode, but I kind of did in this one. A sort of, it's like a church lady vibe. Yes. Kathleen is giving off. She really like a, is. Oh, I'm going to have you guys put up against the wall for that one. Or like, <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry. Am I the only one who watches this performance in this episode and, and doesn't think like, oh, this is evil Karen. This is like it's, punished it's Karen. Karen. Yes. This is like the, 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 the Karen who survived the apocalypse. Do you think that she was the head of her homeowners association pre pandemic? Yeah. She, she is that character I play in, in Ryan's home brew tabletop game he's like an old crank <laughs> ah, yes right oh my god yeah it's hilarious but but she plays the part well and i think that's great she plays a good kind of evil soft-spoken I very guess. chilly yeah but but when she's like doing the church lady bit to yeah. like the dude who's like way taller than her and is like <laughs> holding a gun i know i i was just like i i ad-libbed i was like you know do we have to listen to her like no 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 we don't but we will (laughs) during the previous 11 days before joel and ellie make their way into kansas city we really get to know the brotherly relationship of henry and sam we follow them from the early days of fedra being overrun all the way up to current day most of this time is spent in hiding among the attic of an apartment building that Dr. Edelstein provided. This is the same gentleman from the previous episode that Kathleen killed on meager rations, and they are slowly running out of food. Again, I think confused metaphors, and we'll talk more about this, but like he hides them in the attic. It's like a clear parallel to the diary of Anne Frank. And yet, <laughs> and yet these are not like the fascists who are coming for these are the like the revolutionaries who freed the people but like we have to hide in the attic from them those are the real bad guys if only we could go back to the days of fascism when we were safe right and the (laughs) trains were running on time like that's what the message kind of seems like (laughs) there's a weird parallel In this uh, time frame of 11 days, uh, Henry offers Sam a bit of a creative outlet and a distraction by means of paints and drawing. And he signs to Sam as he gestures towards a paint can and brushes. Sam paints superheroes all of the wall. Super Sam, Henry refers to him as. But their situation increasingly becomes more desperate as they run out of food. The doctor hasn't returned from the previous day, which was out of sorts. And as we know, he's dead. Yeah. And it's very sad when 
he asks his older brother, like, do you think he's dead? And I mean, Henry yeah. give it to, gives it to him straight. He, yeah. He says, pro- he says, probably. Yeah, probably. Pro- probably. Yeah. <laughs> which is all you could say really in that situation, which is very sad. And then Sam cries and, and, and everybody is sad. At least he's not holding back. No, I think that uh, Dr. Spock and many other child development academics say it's best to be honest with your children. Mm, yeah, sure. <laughs> even when they're eight? Even when they're eight, Adam. Even when they're eight. Right on. All right. <laughs> so Henry decides to leave the attic. And when he leaves, he actually witnesses Joel fighting off Kathleen's men from a distance. Yeah, he sees them absolutely like soloing them yes no problem <laughs> like and even Je- even ellie's helping out they see that part too yeah yeah yeah. and and he's just like damn these guys know how to fight we should probably sneak up on them and convince them to join our forces to escape the city right we'll wake them up in the middle of the night and point guns at them yeah, instead of work. like waving a white flag and right. walking from a distance and being like, listen, we're not a threat to you. We have no guns. Which honestly you know. might have been a better move now that I think about it. Because I honestly think Joel and Ellie would have, like, with because he has a kid there, right? R- right. Not, That's it's true. not like the trap. And if you have your hands up That's in true. the air and you have a kid, you know, like, yeah. I think that Joel at this point of the story would have trusted them. All right. Fair enough. I'll go with maybe, that. Yeah, maybe. I can, I can accept that. I think that, this sure. was more risky. I think honestly, like if you pointed going at Joel, you're putting yourself at risk of like p- triggering his PTSD. And just getting <laughs> <immediately> <laughs> right. shot. I mean, they don't, they have no idea what his history was, so. but we come to find out that their guns are not even loaded. So this was R- not right. Even, that's right. Not even a true threat. Yeah, it was an empty. It was an empty threat. Very risky, Henry. You could have got blown away for nothing. He could have, but thankfully he didn't. And this is where episode four ended. Joel and Ellie being held up by these brothers. So they're up in the office building, and they all exchange some dialogue. And Henry explains he's the most wanted man in Kansas City, uh, being a collaborator. After some food and some rest, Joel wants them to part ways. But wait, Henry knows a way out, and he explains that the tunnels under the city are clear, or he thinks they are, and now he suddenly has value and despite being a rat which joel isn't a fan of henry has this leverage and joel does agree to help after seeing ellie and sam exchanging some laughter he's starting to feel like her happiness means a little bit more to him than he realized that was the moment that he decided to take on this random crew of people yeah and henry uh very easily makes himself invaluable because you have to be careful as you navigate these underground tunnels because what else is being stored underground is all of the infected. I don't know why <laughs> they are hoarding them down there and not like doing something about it, but that's what they do. When they find a zombie, they what? They they throw it down there? Strange. They're collecting them. Oh, I missed that part. I must have missed that part. But that makes it even worse. <laughs> Oh, you know what? I do remember that. They said that they were clearing out the tunnels. So I guess that was part of that conversation, but I missed it. Fedra put them down there, to be clear. Oh, Fedra. Like, yeah, when yeah. you would get infected, if you got bitten, apparently instead of just, like, shooting you in the head, they locked they you in the They just hoarded them. Oh, my gosh. And Unlike the other quarantine zone that just killed you. The Boston quarantine zone. They would just, just, yeah, just inject you and you kill fire. you. Right. And then set you on fire. <laughs> Anyway, the group heads into the tunnels, and surprisingly, they actually are totally clear. And I genuinely did not see that coming. I thought we were going to have a clicker running. I thought we were going to have a stalker running or something. Again, Henry's luck is incredible. He has plot armor, just like Joel and Ellie do. Like, him and Sam have plot armor. 
until they don't. Right. Uh, it's a <laughs> really interesting. No, it's like it's a really nice p- like parallel though. It's like here are the stakes, you know. Yes, and they are very similar to Joel and Ellie in terms of you know it's an older person caring for the younger person and doing what they have to to get them to survive. And this is where we're seeing building of a relationship, not only between Henry and Sam, but also Joel and Ellie, and then them all as a quad group. They're building a great relationship. And there are parts in the story where Joel and Ellie have like brilliant strokes of good luck. Yes. Or just like deus ex machina stuff happens to them. But if you were going to survive in this world, that would have to be the case. Right. Right. And we see like Henry and Sam like getting lucky and getting lucky and getting lucky. And then you (laughs) only need to be unlucky one time. And then you're dead. Yeah. Which ends up happening. So as they are going through the tunnels, they stumble upon an old underground settlement. And for the first time in a very long time, Sam and Ellie are actually able to be kids for a bit while they rest up and kill some time. And it's specifically a daycare section of the settlement. So there's a lot of children's toys, drawings on the wall. It seemed like it was a fun place to be at the time. And it looked like the game. Absolutely. This is taken from the game. Yep. I remember this part in the game. And obviously it's like a little bit different because now instead of dialogue being spoken some of it's being signed and subtitled right yes and one of those things is ellie finds a comic book uh, that her and sam really like where the hero's motto is endure and survive and that is where we get the title name of this episode and sam even teaches ellie how to sign the words endure and survive it does end up being a very powerful mantra to live by in this world there's a nice exchange between joel and henry where he's like endure and survive that's pretty redundant Yeah, it is redundant, but still kind of a general powerful mantra. Like you really get the sense here and I got the sense in the game and I could see, I think they're playing it up in the show too, that it's like, oh, this is going to make for a good unit. The four of them. This is a good team. We added some party members. Absolutely. Oops. Uh, It's sad. Yeah. So, as you said, Joel and Henry are having a conversation, and Joel's actually softening up to Henry as they chat while the kids are playing in the background. Henry also, at this point, reveals that he betrayed the leader of his resistance group, a man that he greatly admired and would, quote-unquote, follow anywhere. And like you said at the beginning, Sam got sick, and the only way he was able to get meds was to turn in his leader over to Fedra. That man happened to be Kathleen's brother. Oopsie. For me, her rage is suddenly justified. Yeah, honestly. Such strange mixed metaphors that like the Nazi collaborator is hiding in the attic from the, <laughs> the people's Nazi army after they've like liberated the city from the Nazis. Oh uh, my I mean, gosh. They, 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 when they describe Fedra in the show and in the games, they call them fascists and they beat the shit out of people and people have no rights if you're 100%. in Fedra territory and you could just be killed arbitrarily. Yeah, in this city specifically, they were abusing and raping and killing people, and they make that clear in the show. Yeah. And Henry was helping them. Not so good. (laughs) And uh, the reason he was helping them, though, was to get medicine for his dying brother. Oh, so does that change how you think about it then? Maybe. Maybe this is all just a little too complicated. (laughs) Yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, it was an awful act of betrayal, and it only furthered Fedra's oppression, right? But could Henry continue on if Sam had to die, even for the greater good of, you know, overthrowing Fedra, right? It's just like, it is such a strange moral position to put Henry in, in terms of like how I'm supposed to feel about him now. It's You're like, right. okay, so Henry was turning people in to be executed by fascists, <laughs> but he was doing it to save his brother. Right. <laughs> like, so who's the... Damn, okay, well, I don't know. two it's evils. Very hard to say what I would do in that situation. <laughs> I don't know if I could honestly psychologically endure being in that position. I don't I know. I know. I'm surprised you lasted that long. Maybe he just took some medicine from <laughs> the bad guys. <laughs> Because that's now that's all I'm thinking about. And I don't know if that's what they wanted me to be thinking about at this part of the story. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like a what's a, like I said, what's the lesser of two evils? Because in this version of the world, you don't have a lot of choices, I guess. And and that maybe is is showing us how stressful it is to truly live here. Yeah, I guess in a lot of what you could do, it's, 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 it's some Game of Thrones type of shit, huh? Right. <laughs> there you go. HBO, right? Oh, yeah. So then we cut to a scene in Kathleen childhood home where she explains that her brother vowed to protect her no matter what and actually to forgive Henry after she found out what he did but she did not. I got a question for you Adam. Yes. So there's a train going down the tracks and it's about to hit five people tied to the tracks but if you pull a lever it'll only hit one person tied to the tracks. Do you pull the lever? Yeah probably right. Okay. Alright, so well, you would, oh, right? I mean, save four people instead of losing yeah. all five? Well, and in this situation, five people survive and only one dies. But you pulling a lever condemns that one person. Yes, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, it's similar, sure. How about this? Okay, different scenario. There's a train going down one track. It's not going to divert at any point, but it is about to hit five people. And the only way you can stop it is by either jumping down from the bridge you're standing on in front of it, or pushing a elderly person that you don't know onto the tracks to stop the train. <laughs> oh my god so you can either let the train go and yeah. get those five people jump in front of it yourself or push the old person will people know that you'll i face did no this. ramifications in fact you'll be uh probably hailed as a hero for saving those five people or, or, if, what if, or, I or if you'd prefer nobody nobody will know nobody will know regardless of what you choose unless you jump <laughs> in front of it then they'll know for sure uh i i i mean that's a moral question probably push right. the older that's that's what had that's the position henry was in Yes, Did I push yeah. this guy or to save my brother? Apparently, yes. Yeah, yeah. He, he, family is first for him, for sure. As we're listening to Kathleen monologue about her childhood and her brother, Perry reinforces her self-power saying, you know, he didn't change anything, but you did. And that's why they all support her. But is Henry's loss really greater than hers? We're at a crossroad of weird emotion and justification. And sadly, neither end up winning this one. Yes. And that was kind of disappointing yeah yeah it was all for not down yeah uh no catharsis in that kind of showdown between them so that's why i think that this section could have absolutely just been a random group of raiders that they came in contact with instead of a hashed out group of people that we know their motives little waste have been more interesting if either like kathleen forgave henry or or Henry turned himself over out of guilt, or like well, anything he, oh, other. He did. He was going 
to do yeah. that. And then he the was going to turn himself in. Out. Yeah. Well, I just want to say I thought that this scene was kind of underwritten. Uh, yes. I didn't yeah. think that what Cat like Kathleen's dialogue was that powerful in this scene. I think that um, w- she worked with what she had, and I think she delivered it well. But I'm with you. I think it was just very lackluster. She just came across as unreasonable. Yes. It's like, well, yes. I'm sorry that that happened to Kathleen, but like now it's in the past, and you can either condemn my little brother by killing me or maybe you can just again look at the trolley problem uh old man versus little kid right right (laughs) kathleen just comes off as dumb to me she comes off as dumb to you well just how many people have she killed just to get back at henry for this yes it's exactly right she has tunnel vision and she wants justice and that's it and uh look what you get instead uh a child clicker which we'll get to (laughs) So the group emerges from the tunnels in sort of a victory, working their way down a street, and all of a sudden, pew, 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 pew! They're shot at from a sitting sharpshooter from a house down the street. And this scene is taken right from the game, although in the game it was daytime, this is nighttime. Joel finds his way around, and inside the sniper's building, he asks the gunman to turn over his weapon, but of course he doesn't, so Joel takes him out. And Joel now becomes the eye in the sky for the remaining three down in the street. Just as Kathleen and her men begin smashing through the abandoned cars on their way toward our heroes. And we should say, this kind of Overwatch position, protecting everyone, Henry is a pacifist, at least in the show. Is that a detail carried over from the game? I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, he, yeah, he's pretty similar. Okay. Interesting, though, like that, again, like a pacifist is just turning people over to get executed by somebody else. Yeah, in, in the in the game, <laughs> he, he actually is very selfish. He leaves Joel and Ellie to fight like a horde of zombies, and obviously Joel and Ellie get out, meet up with them downstream, and then they have a fight on the side of the river. And so it is a little bit different in the game in terms of like their progression of their relationship. It definitely was more solidified faster in the show. Yeah. Probably we should have just spent more time developing their characters and less time with the bad guys, which I already said before, but it bears repeating. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it could have made the emotional hit even harder if they expanded on it a little bit more. So Kathleen's men and her are driving their cars through the neighborhood after them. A truck ends up smashing into a nearby house. And as things calm down, Henry emerges from behind the car, like I said, to kind of give himself up. He tells Ellie to take Sam and run. And Kathleen has a conversation with Henry stating, Henry, kids die all the time. Is he worth anything? And as vengeful and cruel as she is, she kind of has a point. Uh, This is that weird, like, which side is better? What is the lesser of two evils? She's not wrong, but I don't like it. Her interpretation of the trolley problem is that, like, this guy has so much to offer as our leader. Sam's just a useless kid, right? When I gave my answer to it a moment ago, I was like, oh, well, Sam has so much more potential. This guy's lived his life. So again, maybe her, her look on it is just a little bit different but also it's done it happened he's not gonna get him back by taking revenge on henry right what's the point and youth can last a long time so i'm on the side of keeping sam give up the resistance but i mean it's what you know what side matters to you is where you're gonna lay your allegiance it's not like the uh resistance has really acquitted themselves nobly in how they handled the issue it doesn't give give me a lot of confidence that they were really worth it in the end yeah it's not great would have preferred to have sam i mean if we were gonna have anything which it turns out we get nothing yeah it's a sad, sad 
sad ending. We get nothing, but Kathleen and Henry are having this dialogue in front of everyone in the streets. And James, it happens. Absolute chaos ensues. The crashed truck begins to sink into the ground like a floodgate. Infected swarm the men and women in the streets. There is so much mayhem. All hell breaks loose. This is the crescendo that people have been waiting for. Yeah, they all got together in one place and shot off guns and made a lot of noise while there were tunnels beneath them full of zombies. Yeah, yeah, not great. But this scene was so gratifying as a player, especially a player who remembers the game, because This is how the infected encounters felt when you played them. Tumultuous, confusing. There was a lot of incredibly game-accurate actions of being attacked by infected. Sam and Ellie and Henry escaped to be met with Kathleen, who is finally swiftly creeped on by a child clicker and taken out. And it was so gratifying. And Ryan actually said to me, you know when a villain is a good villain? When they die and you are psyched about it. And I agree with him on that. Yeah, I mean, I thought that... This sequence was pretty spooky, especially with the horrible child zombie, the one that goes after first Ellie and then gets Kathleen. And that one was horrible. Also, like, again, you kind of think like, oh, Deus Ex Machina, we're saved. Look at that. Because of this horrible massacre, at least our main characters are going to escape. Right. <laughs> yeah, what cost? <laughs> oh, covering up a, a poorly done storyline. Yeah, that's good. Right. <laughs> <laughs> But we also got the appearance of the bloater that has been teased in all the trailers. The bloater was awesome. It was played by an actual person that was like 6'6 in full prosthetic makeup. It looked amazing. The animations were unbelievable. Very, very good. In fact, if you watch, you see Perry get absolutely ripped apart. And that is exactly the animation that happens when the bloater gets a hold of you as Joel in the game and kills you. Yeah, it's it just it him pulls ripping his head, your head off. off. Like, like, the top of a strawberry yes oh man what a callback to episode three (laughs) (laughs) but the trio end up fleeing the area as all of kathleen's group is killed one by one man what a freaking scene i love this it was so gratifying to see this i said gratifying too much but i don't care yeah and it's it's a pretty nerve-wracking scene as well because sam and henry are like underneath a car trying to escape some of the the what are they called runners runners yeah runners clickers there's a bunch of them every all all forms yeah and including the the new evolution which you get if you level up your uh cordyceps zombie to level 46 that evolves into (laughs) the bloater that's 20 years of work buddy (laughs) so we cut to the outside of an abandoned motel on the outskirts of town and joel and henry are sitting inside ellie and sam are speaking and joel actually proposes to henry hey why don't we continue our team up You know, he knows that Ellie loves being around Sam and Joel could use another person who has his back. Right. And they all seem to genuinely get along and like each other. This would work out perfectly. Right. Again, the party just got bigger and better. We're going to make it to Wyoming together. It's going to be so good. Ellie and Sam are seen having a conversation about comics that does take a bit of a turn telling Sam that she's always scared, even if she doesn't show it. And Sam asks a very puzzling question kind of out of nowhere. You know, if you turn into a monster, is it still you on the inside? And that is uh, the same as the game. It's the same line. And Ellie's confused by this as Sam shows her his leg and she panics, but keeps her composure saying very quickly, my blood, my blood is the medicine. Everyone's been telling me my blood's the medicine. 
medicine. I'm immune. And she tries to heal him with her blood. She cuts her hand open, rubs her hand on his wound, but everything looks a little bleak. Yeah, this was extremely sad. I found it very realistic. Like, I thought, like, oh, again, like, reminded, like, even though it's the post-apocalypse, like, Ellie's still a kid and she might Mm -hmm. be naive enough to think, like, this might work. Right. And she's, like, also going to give him some hope. Yes. Yeah. And it's very sad. And he also, the question that he asks is a good one. Uh, How much worse would it be if when you're a cordyceps zombie, because again, this is not the walking dead. You are, uh, you're alive. You're just in the thrall of a parasite. And is your subconscious still there? Are you trapped in the sunken place, like watching all this shit happen, but unable to do anything about it? Oh, that would be, that's terrible. That's like sleep paralysis. That's what it feels like to me. Because it's just like the parasite gets the driver's seat. And so that you're still like watching and tasting and like, oh, oh, my God, that would be terrible. With a terrified look on his face, Sam ends up asking Ellie if she would stay up with him through the night. And of course, she does her best, but she nods off. Smash cut to the morning. Sam is sitting on the edge of the bed and Ellie wakes up and approaches Sam and Sam attacks Ellie. And they burst through the door and onto the ground where Henry and Joel are trying to make sense of what's happening in such a fast amount of time. And it both registers in their head that Sam has turned and Henry shoots him in the head. So Henry shoots his brother in the head and Ellie is on the floor in shock as Joel and Henry both have their guns out. Everyone's at a loss for words. Ellie's breathing heavily, stunned, and Henry doesn't even realize what he's done right away. But he slowly recognizes that all that he's done to protect Sam has been wasted. Yeah, it's very sad. It's very devastating. And we, again, like we see a parallel here that like, and we said this back in episode one, once you've lost everything, what's the point of carrying on in such a miserable world anyway? Right. And we see that something about Joel let him just like live on with a dead heart. But like Henry, he uh, chooses not to do it. And honestly, like, I think I would do the same thing in either Joel or Henry's position. I don't think I would have much to live for at that point. Well, Joel did still have his brother, which has been Uh, like his main focus. That's like his one thing in life. Yeah. Yeah. And this is the whole reason why he's bringing Ellie where she needs to go because he's trying to get to Tommy. If we're going with this sort of character parallel, it kind of shows that like maybe Joel could not have gone on without his brother. Right. Should anything happen to his brother? Exactly. You know, this is really setting up Joel's decisions towards the end of this game. Everything that's happened is the reason why he does what he does towards the end of the game, which is poetic, man. (laughs) Yeah, it's crazy. And again, they play on these kind of themes of like, I can't do this without you. Right. Like again and again and again, or like, I won't do it without you. Or like, I won't let it go. Yeah. With Joel, with Ellie with Tommy. It's so good, bro. It, it, it is. And to wrap up this final scene, Joel tries to take the gun from Henry as Henry is repeating to himself out loud, what just happened? What have I done? And Henry swiftly turns the gun on himself and Joel and Ellie are now left speechless. We went from zero to a hundred in less than a minute, I think. I mean, that scene from when Sam attacks Ellie to Henry offing himself, it was so fast and so chaotic. And the scene was very heavy in the game. And I think it actually seemed heavier in the show. And maybe it's heavier in the show because it's real people. It's actual actors on screen. It's not a game. It has a little bit more weight to it. Uh, I would say the show kind of messed this up for me, at least in 
one aspect compared to the okay. game where like the Sam getting bitten aspect in the game seemed more just like, you know, that's the hazard of trying to live in this world yeah. or, or, sure. or at least like to travel in it. This could just happen to you even if you do most things right. And in the show, it's like mostly Kathleen's fault. Like if Kathleen just hadn't fucked with them, this never would have yeah. happened. Again, it would have been more interesting if we had more character building of Henry and Sam and it was just an infected horde that attacked them that caused this to happen and not at the hands of other humans. Right. Like Kathleen made a huge fucking mistake and they all got eaten by zombies for it. Right. Because again, tunnel vision, she had a bunch of vengeance. It's like, oh, what's better? Getting this one guy who I'm (laughs) mad at or risking everyone against the zombie horde, which we know is below the streets. Yes. Her answer was risking everyone. Right. Let's all die. (laughs) So the final scene of the show, the two are seen burying Henry and Sam's bodies. And Ellie leaves a note on Sam's magic slate that just simply says, I'm sorry. And the two alone again continue heading west. And then the credits roll. Episode over. Yes. And on balance, I still really liked the episode. I just yeah, didn't sure. think every part of it was perfect. I'm, I'm on I'm on there with you. I mean, the show is not 100% perfect. But let me tell you something. This is so faithful to the game's story that these little missteps I can deal with as a fan of the game. And I'm totally cool with. Because the overarching theme, acting, story dialogue is so good that it overshadows the small missteps in the grand scheme of things. It's still a great episode. It's it's and it's fun to talk about this. Oh, they changed this, they changed that. Oh, would I have changed this? Maybe not. Right. But I, I still think they came out with a pretty good episode. It's not like fucking Cowboy Bebop where like literally every decision they made to change the characters or to change the dialogue like made it sound cornier and right. sound cheesier. Like, <laughs> at least it's not that kind of adaptation. They they went for something interesting and, and made you know, with this Kathleen, with this hunter backstory. It just didn't work. It's a, it didn't work. It was still a good try. Uh it's not like other adaptations. I won't just pick on cowboy people because there's been plenty <laughs> you know talking about game or anime adaptations that it's just dog shit from beginning to end you know right <laughs> but uh, unlike those this adaptation of the last of us it adds new things it expands on new things but it inevitably gets exactly where you need it to go to it gets to where it needs to go to every episode even if they add in things that weren't in the game or they change around things the end result is going to be the same and i think that's why it's working is that we're still progressing exactly where we need to be and uh we are barreling towards the end of the show this was episode five there's only three episodes left no uh there's nine episodes four episodes left okay there's nine damn damn take that westworld they only got eight yeah And like you said, that is the end of this episode. Please join us next week where we will be doing episode six of The Last of Us. We'll see if it carries forward. Uh, We saw the preview of next week. We are meeting Tommy again. We're finally getting there. And we're about on par with where the game is almost three quarters of the way through the show. So I'm happy about this. This is going well. And I am really looking forward to The Last of Us 3, which is going to be centered around Kathleen and her backstory. We're really going to get to know young Kathleen. Kathleen and, and <laughs> Harry and whatever the name of the like the John Connor character who got turned in. Uh, we're going to find out what their story is and why we should really actually feel bad for them. I won't play it. <laughs> <laughs> Might be the only Last of Us game I don't play if that's the case. <laughs>
That's why I'd still play it. But we'd like to thank our patrons, Sunshine, Connor O'Dowd, Jamie Lochner, James Watch My Dong, Chris Wood, Brent Ginn, Craig, John Jewers, Major Woody, and Carol Andres. Thank you for supporting the channel. If you'd like to support it as well, please go to patreon.com slash H-B-O-B-O-I-Z for one or more dollars a month. You too can support our channel and um, let us keep doing really cool podcasting things about uh, hopefully things that you like to listen to. Isn't that special? That's the church lady. The church lady. Call back. Oh, isn't that special? Isn't that special? Oh, Joel and Haley, I killed your friends. Isn't that special?